for you. Yeah, thanks, lady. Yeah, I'm kidding. You're not helping anything. Uh, is that Anthony? Yes, it is. All right, let's go to the hotline and welcome to the show for the first time. You know him uh, from his days in the Opie and Anthony show, Anthony Cumia. How are you, buddy? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Is this is this your first interview of the day, or are you like having to do ten radio interviews in a row? <laughs> no, it's my first one. Yeah, yeah. And I I'm rarely up uh, at, at this hour. Why would you be uh, if you're rich? We we all of this like I like you're the northeast Dan Bilzerian to me. Like I've been watching since you built the compound. And you're flying. You had a drone before anybody had drones. You got some sort of weird cat tiger living in your house. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's uh, since I don't have to do the show until 4 p.m. I uh, I usually get up really late. I figured it out. I like said. I, I said I, all those years of getting up early and uh, construction, and then doing morning radio, which is a just a terrible uh, lifestyle yes uh i was like yeah that, i'm i'm done with that i'm doing four to six two hours four days a week i want a permanent three-day uh weekend that's, that's it that's permanent I, you know listen can i tell you you've earned it and financially if you can do live like that then of course that's what you want to do can i tell you the day i i was in new york i wish i could remember the years before i was married so it had to be more than 15 years ago and we got off the plane, and we were driving in from LaGuardia Airport, and I put on uh, the Opie and Anthony show. And it was it was before a holiday weekend, but like maybe Veterans Weekend or something. You guys had a three-day weekend. And they go, and the, the, it was a recorded promo, and the promo goes, uh, now Opie and Anthony Veterans Day message. And, and you guys were like, uh, yeah, I don't, we're off, and we'll be back Monday. And then, and then you were like, yeah, so... Uh, all right then, and then the thing went. Opie and Anthony, we, and my wife goes, "What was that?" I go, "That was two rich guys." Is what that was. <laughs> That's how that works out. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, and listen, I don't know if you know how back, far back our ties go together. So I never lived in New York while the show was on. I I lived in Florida, mm-hmm. and I was doing radio when you guys were in New York, uh, successfully doing radio. And my first time seeing you was a momentous day. I was in the building the day that Al Dukes destroyed your foosball table. Wow. So that, uh, yeah. Now, Opie and Anthony were on the afternoons, uh, and then Ron and Fez came on afterwards, and Al Dukes was their producer. Right. And I went by to hang out on the show, and Al got really drunk, made out with a dude. (laughs) Mm. And then, yes. and, and so now, then they also have. We have a lady called Crazy Patty that calls this show, but they had an original Crazy Patty, right? And she yeah, got kicked out of Patty. Soccer Patty, and she got kicked out of her house for some reason. And they would say, "Oh, Patty could live here at the radio station." And I never, I didn't get to hear the show a lot. This before really like iHeart and all that stuff. And then I went there, and I went over the vending machine, and she was sleeping under the goddamn stairs. She really lived at the radio station. <laughs> Yeah, we figured uh, it's not our house, so why not <laughs> let a, a homeless woman uh, live under the stairs at the station? And at that point, you know, they were they were letting us do whatever the hell we wanted. That must have been it such great freedom. Easy, 
It was crazy over there, and uh, it was, you know, traditional FM radio. It wasn't the satellite or or uh, the Internet. It was uh, regular radio, and we were doing things that you couldn't get away with on satellite uh, and on some digital platforms uh, right now. It was... Uh, you were doing was, things that yeah. I can't explain to my audience right now. Yeah, that's exactly... They were doing things with wiffle ball bats... And girls that I can't explain mm-hmm. any more detail than that, and yeah, you, you you couldn't explain it. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was fantastic. I I have to tell you one of the things that I thought was the uncomfortableness of the show was always what I thought was brilliant. The, the my old friend and agent used to tell me that the only way you're going to win is to be fearless, and you guys had no fear whatsoever. Like you did not care if you were. I mean, obviously you didn't want to get fired, but. You didn't care what celebrity hated you. You didn't care who left crying. <laughs> that the one of the things that sticks out the most in my memory was explain to everybody who's never heard you guys before when you had the chicken from Laverne and Shirley. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. Not uh, Laverne, Cindy the Williams. other one, Cindy Williams. Yeah, Shirley was in. Cindy Williams. She wasn't in. We 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 had her um, on the phone, and we used to do a, a segment called has been corner and uh it was but we wouldn't tell the guests that's why they were on uh we 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 got like really bad guests because uh howard howard stern got all the good guests and uh pretty much put the 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 hammer down and said we couldn't have the same guests he was getting and it was really stupid but yeah. uh yeah, that's what he was doing. So we would get a lot of uh, local comics, which turned out to be a great thing. We sure. got like, some of the you know, greatest comics ever. And these terrible has-been uh, TV stars. <laughs> so we had to make something of it. We weren't going to actually sit there and and be excited that we were uh, interviewing Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we made up these little segments and it was has been corner and uh she was on and and we would kind of let them know that they were on has been corner as the interview went on and it was so uh sad <laughs> we, like they they would feel really bad about it uh and we didn't care right up until uh the show was over yeah, like like I didn't care what was going on when the show was on for four hours. The second I would take that walk to the parking garage, uh, I just felt like a real piece of garbage. Just terrible <laughs> about some of the stuff we did, uh, but you know, it went away. I'm there is nothing I won't do while we're on the air. If we're on the air, I'll yeah. say anything to anybody. Do anything like my mother tries to ask me about stuff that I've talked about on the air, I go, I don't know, call the show if you want to talk. I, I can't talk to you about it now. <laughs> on the air, I'll say whatever I want to say. It's, it's a disease. Yeah, it really is. I think that uh, that's what makes you successful or good or, you know, compelling is that ability to just say whatever, anything. Yeah. And, and the, the slow news days are those days that you open up and talk about your life and just expose stuff that you would never tell anybody. And, yeah, that's uh, 
I, I guess that's that illness that makes a good radio personality. You know what, though? And that's uh, it, it, people love the honesty, and that's certainly what works. This is Anthony Cumia. Anthony's got a book called Permanently Suspended. He was doing great on FM. They had a, a uh, we had Paul Mercurio in here last year, and he, oh, yeah. he gave us the Sex for Sam story from his point of view, which I thought was great. I'd never really heard it that way before. And, uh, yeah. with Sex for Sam, with the firing in that situation, kind of like, look, you know, the whole Janet Jackson thing and the times were changing. Do you think they were like, we need something to get rid of these guys and change that station? Uh, if it was anything else, I might agree with that. Yeah. But you know, it was sex in St. Patrick's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess so. Uh, like, like, I, I think even if they wanted to, to hang on uh, to us, it was over. Uh, that was, that was really bad. And nobody goes into it before the meeting and goes, this might not work. Like, wasn't there one guy in your show? It's gotta be that guy that goes, Hey guys, we might want to think about this. Yeah, no, that was never, never a thing. Whenever management or anybody would would try to put the kibosh on something we were doing, uh, an event or or a stunt or something, we would get mad. We'd be like, no, this was, it's that never-ending cycle of trying to top yourself uh, as, you know, a a shock jock back in the day. Uh, You know, you had to do something. It became an obsession to do something that's bigger and and better or worse than the previous thing you did. And the audience loved it. And management loved it, you know? They'd pat you on the back. Sure. What a great job you were doing. And then in public, they'd be like, well, now these wild guys, we got to suspend them or, or <laughs> calm them down or something. And meanwhile, they loved the, the fact that the ratings were up. Right up until you do that one thing that's over the line, and then they're like, "Oh, oh, I can't believe what they did! Yeah, I can't believe what we did! We did exactly what you hired us for, and what we were doing for years before." Uh, and then all of a sudden, they get this morality and ethics uh, one day, and decide to uh, throw you to the curb. Uh, what's What's worse than being shock jock? I mean, I don't know. I guess back then you guys. Can, can be called shock jocks, but now you really got to kill somebody in the studio before you're shock jock. <laughs> yeah. Like people say to me, I'm like, we haven't done anything shocking uh, ever. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah. And that rhymed, so people use it. And then also, you had Opie, so people, oh, I love when the news is like, Opie and Dopey. Oh, like they oh, all made that burn. up. <laughs> That's as good as Saturday Night Live yeah. Dead or Saturday Night Dead. <laughs> Oh. I, I actually, uh, yeah, that was a, a headline uh, on the New York Post, uh, and uh, I saw it driving home after we were fired, and uh, I saw Opie and Dopey, and, and it was in in a windshield of a city bus, <laughs> driving down the street, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, God, I'm Dopey. <laughs> dopey. It was so depressing. So, a couple of years ago on this uh, radio station, we had a segment called Retarded News. And uh-huh. it was basically, when Galvin first started here, he came from another radio station. He goes, I do this thing, it's like stupid news stories, but it's not like, the, you know, like they were really like, they were mostly sexually stories and they were funny. And he, I was like, let's call it Retarded News so it's like a little bit more than stupid news. You know, this is years and years ago. And then... uh 
somebody in a web department took a picture off of Google of an actual kid with Down syndrome and used that on the website. Now we had, oh, yeah, we had stopped. We had when when the R word started becoming the R word, we were like, hey, we should. We, I got a letter from a mother one time of a of a kid with special needs, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's about time we stop saying that, you know. And we stopped it. And then I got a I got yeah. a fight, and I got a fight with uh, Linda Blair, and she could have been on oh. Hasbin Corner. One time, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and she alerted all of her dog-loving uh, fans around the world against me. Pit and ball, somebody, yeah, somebody uncovered that picture and brought it up. And so management here is like, "Listen, we know this doesn't have anything to do with you. You're fine, but we have to deal with it." I was like, "Okay, let me know what you need from me." And I'm like, "All right, I'm fine." So next day, I'm at the gym, <laughs> I'm at the gym, and I'm listening to you two jerk offs <laughs> talk about me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm at the gym. I'm loving life. I'm like. I'm going to be fine. And then you and Opie are like, listen, Cowhead, we like you. Were you getting fired today? And I'm uh, like, no. I remember it was Anthony just kept on going, you're fired. <laughs> you're getting fired. And, you're, and, and, and you go, let me tell you how this is going to go. They're going to call you up and go, don't worry, buddy. We got your back. And I'm like, check. And then, then, they're gonna, then you're going to get a call that says, can you come in a little bit before your show so we can talk about how we're going to handle this? I'm like, check. Then they're gonna say, "Hey, buddy, we love you. We did all we could, but we're gonna have we're gonna have to let you go." Until then. And I was like, "Oh God, I'm getting fired today." I got, oh no! I stepped off the treadmill and I was like, "I don't want to do this anymore." <laughs> I was like, "This is terrible." I, I mean, and you and it wasn't like in passing. You went on for like a half hour, and I, I all of a sudden I left the gym with this big empty feeling in my stomach. Drove home, and I was like, "Oh." I'll miss you, House. <laughs> oh man, it was, that is awful. Yeah, it was. It was like part of me was like, "Oh, good, they're talking about me." Oh God, this is terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> oh, that is awful, man. Yeah, that's uh, that was the cycle we went through. Yep. You know? uh, so I I thought it would happen. You know, you're lucky if you get a. a Station management or what have you that uh, actually does support you. Um, wow. Yeah, I can't. I, listen, that's one thing I can never complain about this company and the people that work here is they really are supportive of the show in the good times and the bad times. Do you remember the, the first time I ever called the show? I, I may be able to refresh your memory. I doubt you remember. So I, you had been fired from CBS and then you went to XM when it was just XM and I was working for CBS doing mornings at the time and i find that now i'm on a i'm on a country station they own two country stations in the market and there's a third one that clear channel owned. and i'm on and they hire a new general manager to take over the station and my agent called me and he goes you're gonna get fired and i go really and he goes this guy has a has a history of launching spanish-speaking stations and I go, oh, oh God. No. And they're like, and he was a funeral director, and they just hired him away from being a funeral director. He goes, so basically they need his expertise. And I was like, God. So I went to management. I asked him, I'm like, what's the deal? I just signed the new contract. And they were like, no, 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 no. And then I found out for sure it was happening. So every day I would do something oh. to bust their balls. One day I just had them bring animals in the studio. We brought donkeys and goats in. Then the next day I used Google Translate, and I would just speak Spanish during my show to try and do it, like just busting their balls. I knew I was getting fired. And then on the third day, I called into you guys' show. I made my producer went on hold for a half hour, and then it was the first time you guys were back on CBS radio, 
while we were getting fired and you were doing the golden tickets where you were trying to find other other shows to be on the station. Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't care about the golden ticket, but I wanted to make CBS mad, and I knew putting you guys on the air would be the best possible thing that would that would do that. <laughs> yeah, that, w- that would do it. Success. Yeah. I was fired the next day. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Boy, you called it. Yeah, well, it was good. I knew it was that, coming. That's so rare. that's I said. I rarely do you get to say goodbye to your audience. You right. know it's coming. So I was like, might as well go out in flames. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And then, uh, and then, I'd been up there one time. I'd been on the show, and then the next time I was on with you was I got a call after uh, Bubba tried to call in here and take me on, and I completely bitch slapped him. And then I got a call from Anthony's people, and Anthony's like, uh, Anthony would like you to come on the show today. He said it's the best goddamn thing he's seen on YouTube all week. I was like, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Radio radio battle. I don't, I don't, I mean, in your case, you guys, you guys didn't compete with Howard because your time slots were different. But because he had yeah. such a hold and he was so insecure – about your success, he did everything he could to keep you guys down. And, and really, as a guy who was a lifelong fan of his, your stories about that were the first things to kind of dent his reputation to me and make me realize who, who he really was. Yeah, it was pretty strange. And, and we, we knew that was kind of the way to, to deal with Howard. Uh, I, I've said it before, you don't, you don't come into New York and uh, tell people, yeah, he sucks. Listen to us. They'd be like, uh, no. Yeah. He's stuck. We've been listening to him for years. So to just kind of chip away at his uh, whatever credibility he had and goof on him, make it funny, uh, and and do it in a way that was coming from a fan because, you know, I was a fan for, for many years. Uh, and it seemed to work, you know. It, I think he was nervous that we would have gone to Clear Channel, another company, yeah. uh, doing mornings and then have to compete against them. Uh, so we just kind of wanted to keep us in check. Uh, so if that ever happened, we were already already damaged by him some way. Why didn't that uh, ever happen? You think why? Why didn't some other company say, "Hey, he can't have the whole pie. These guys will cut at least half of that pie up." Why didn't Why didn't uh, you guys end up ever getting to do that? Yeah, we uh, we were offered that uh, quite a few times, and then uh, CBS just came back with. Giant paychecks. Yeah, you guys really did. You guys really raised the bar at the time when I was in. <clears throat> excuse me, contract negotiations. Your, everybody go. We're not going to pay you one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm like, Opie Anthony just got four million dollars each. Yeah. Of course you will. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, they didn't want us to go to uh, to Clear Channel and do mornings against Howard. Mm. So that's what they did, and they locked us up. And that's why when we got fired. For the sex for uh, Sam thing at St. Pat's, uh, they they kept paying us. We we had two years left on our contract. Oof. It was the biggest contract we had ever signed, and they just kept us and kept paying us and said, "Well, you're not working anywhere. We're going to pay you for two years now. Sit and here, here's a lot of money, and you have nothing to do for two years. So go to Atlantis and the Bahamas and." Travel around, have fun. That's a, so let me radio I, control helicopters. How much can you? How much can you? I don't know how much you want to say, but how much? Like we heard, it was like four million dollars each. Yeah, more or less. 
Oh, oh, yeah, that that was pretty much it. Okay, so <laughs> so a lot of money. So when I got fired from CBS, I was not making anywhere close to that. And I had another year to sit home while they paid me. And all I did was get fat and lose money on online poker because I could oh not God, yeah. I could not enjoy my life knowing that I didn't know what my next move was going to be. But if I was getting four yeah. million dollars a year, I might be like, well, maybe we'll go to Atlantis. Yeah, but there, there was still that thing like I, we didn't want to stop doing radio, you know, it, it, even even with all that money. You, you still want to do radio. It, it's fun. It's like what we do. And we were stuck. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not as bad being stuck with all that money. Yeah. But but still, you know that that audience is the uh, it, it can be fickle. So you know you want you want to stay on the air. And back then there wasn't you know a big internet presence. You couldn't. Uh, satisfy the the fans uh, in some other way by streaming something or uh, even having a social media presence. There was nothing. So you just disappeared and people forgot about you. So when we got back on satellite radio, uh, it was uh, depressing. Me and Opie looking around at the the uh, those little shark fin antennas that satellite used to yeah. put on cars, and and we would look and go. Oh, there's one. Yeah. And then we realized when we got on that we had no audience. The audience that was that is there now for satellite radio was is a combination of the two companies. When they were on, they were just yeah. on XM and uh Sirius didn't have two hundred thousand subscribers and you guys probably had a larger cum audience in New York alone than the satellite uh had, you know, all together around the country. And that does uh, has to be very depressing. But you have loyal fans, and they eventually found you. And uh, yeah, yeah. The one thing I always love about you, satellite efforts, is that you're like, oh, once you go to satellite, you're like, satellite's great. We can curse and do whatever we want. Terrestrial radio is dead, and blah blah. blah. And then the minute you bitches get a chance to come back on terrestrial, you're like, all right, we'll take that gig. Yeah. We'll, we'll go back in a second. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you just yeah. saying how it's dead all this time, and then all of a sudden, boom, everybody right back. Right back. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of BSing in radio. <laughs> uh, this is Anthony Cumia. You know him best from uh, Opie and Anthony. He does his own show for two goddamn hours a day. Uh, how? What is the best place for them to find that? What do they What do they search? I don't even know how to. I just Google oh, your name. Yeah, you just go to Compound Media. CompoundMedia.com and you're, you're there. It's... Uh, plenty of shows uh and and it's uh yeah it's it's 100 percent open i mean uh, total absolutist first amendment yeah Every, there there are some things that go on on compound media that uh i i really get shocked at that, <laughs> that you get away with so, yeah like in hot water with uh gino and aaron uh, mm -hmm. the two great guys good comics and, and they do a show, and, and I'll be listening sometimes and go like, oh, my God, that's I'm, I'm offended. <laughs> like, I'm outraged. <laughs> uh, he's got a book out called Permanently Suspended. Anthony had this job. Then he got fired from Opie and Anthony because of some tweets he put out uh, about a woman who was assaulting him. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who, who is – you have chosen to speak the way you want to speak and say what you want to say regardless of the – consequences and you know there are very few people it's frustrating now but time will show you as time goes on 
people look back at those hero at those people like heroes and and free speech uh, pioneers, and you are uh, whether you realize it or not one of those guys. Yeah, it it ended up uh, working out. Like I thought, well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that was my last uh, my last utterance on any kind of airwaves or, or broadcasting it, and. Uh, it, it worked out as uh, to be something bigger than I thought it would be. I just figured I'd go on the internet and, and spout off uh, every day, and that was it. And then we built something with uh, uh, we got about ten shows now, always building and looking for more. And um, yeah, and it's just absolutely open to whatever uh, we want to talk about in in any kind of language you want to talk about. I'm completely unapologetic. Uh, I've been in trouble so many times <laughs> and I know what happened. Uh, you're forced to apologize and then they lop your head off anyway. Yeah. Uh, especially in this day and age. It's crazy. They force you to give this uh, just horrible, over the top apology. I, from the bottom of my heart, I sincerely apologize. I, if I've offended anyone, <laughs> all that garbage. And then they fire you and exile you from from the business anyway. So I, I was like, I'm not going to be that. You want to fire me, fine, but I will never apologize for something I said. I know every apology is insincere. No one means it. Well, they don't, they're not sorry for – they're sorry they got in trouble. They're not sorry that they, well, what they yeah. said originally what they said. Yeah, whenever I hear somebody say that, it's like, you just said this yesterday. And now you're apologizing for it. You, your, your whole mindset doesn't change in a day. <laughs> you still believe what you said, uh, or you still think it's funny, or, or whatever. And now a day later, uh, you're apologizing and saying it was terrible that you said that. What's changed in a day? All oh, right, you're probably going to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> My call for you after you got fired was. Because you you are so opinionated, and the thing is, you don't even have to be. Not only mean you, I just mean in general. You don't have to be right if you if you believe so strongly in your opinion, and you're able to convey that, and you stay with it. You've become you come you become sort of an expert. People come to you now for that opinion. I thought for sure Fox News was going to pick you up for something a late a later night thing, a young audience thing. But do you think because of some of the some of the things you've done and said before, you're untouchable to that kind of audience or that kind of show? Yeah, I I, I think so. In uh, in this day and age, you know, uh, there's there's uh, a segment of society out there that just is addicted to outrage, and, and if uh, a mainstream media company tried to hire me or other controversial people like Gavin McInnes and uh, a few other people out there, they they just do nothing but make phone calls and threaten uh, boycotts yeah. and protest. And, and uh, you know, the companies usually fold when nothing really comes to fruition. It's a few mental patients uh, yeah. outside of a place like last night at uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, I did a book signing there last night. Right. And they... There were, there were probably three people out front that just looked emotionally disturbed, <laughs> and they had signs, uh, uh, no white supremacy at Barnes & Noble. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm a I'm barely white myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> uh, this is Anthony Cumia. His book is called Permanently Suspended. You can get it on Amazon. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, you remember the band Skid Row? Oh, yeah. Skid Row was hugely popular when I was in high school. They opened up for Bon Jovi at Giant Stadium. And then, like most bands, they hated their lead singer and they broke up. And uh, so many bands have done that over the years. And Journey did it, but yet they've had huge success with their new singer. Skid Row is still yeah. playing 500-seat venues because they hate Sebastian Bach so much. They would rather be poor and playing 500-seat venues than bring Sebastian Bach in the band. Is that how it is with you and Opie, that you would rather never play a, a giant stadium again than do a show with Opie? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's a pretty good take. I, I, used, I, you know, like Guns N' Roses, the way before they do get together. Yeah, you know? Guns N' Roses at least I sat down and went, all right, we need to quit bitching about this. We can make $20 million a year doing a couple of shows and still not talk to each other. Uh, I, I know what it's like to work with somebody for a long time and hate them. Uh, I don't, I, I like Opie. He's been also, he's been very good to me. I've been on his show. Sure. Uh, I, he's a good dude uh, to me. And, uh, yeah. but, but I think, you know, of course I'm speaking from a fan's point of view no matter how much you dislike each other, eventually I feel like something is going to happen with the two of you because that one time that Mercurio was in your studio and you and Opie were on the air together, everybody loved it, and I think you two loved it too. Yeah, it was cool. It was, uh, I, I have, you know, <clears throat> I have no problem with him coming on my show, me going on his show. I would do it in a second. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, he, he just would. He just would never, would never do it. He uh, he tends to hold a grudge, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know for what. Uh, he's 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 a very complicated guy, <laughs> and after twenty years, uh, you know, you, you're in the same room every day with somebody for twenty years. Uh, it's rough. It, it you really start wearing on each other. Everybody in this room shaking their head in agreement with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just start uh, getting on each other's nerves and whatnot. But like you said, uh, I was I was good with signing a five year. I just signed a ten year deal with uh, with Sirius XM. I was fine. Yeah. Go in, you know, you work, you leave, you you make money. Uh, radio isn't anything different. Uh, you know, I've I've done jobs in construction where I couldn't stand five people, eight, ten people that I've worked with, uh, but I had to go in every day. So who cares uh, if it's radio and it's the same thing? If it's working and you're making some cash, you know, why not? Yeah, well, That's hey, look, it's but, smart. Smart way to think about it. Uh, I do want to thank you yeah. for uh, really turning me on to some guys who have become great friends of ours. And great guests of our show. I'm I'm actually flying up to go to Robert Kelly's house for Thanksgiving. Guys like Bobby, Rich Voss, uh, certainly oh, cool. Jim Norton. I I mean they for some reason I did not have exposure to them in the southeast that I had to get it from listening to you guys. And uh, I think that's great what you guys did for comedians. And I try to continue in doing the same thing with uh, bringing comedians on. And uh, and of course for years of great radio, Anthony's book is called Permanently Suspended. He's a very funny guy. He's very intelligent. And I think if you like uh, this show, you would certainly like reading the book. And uh, it's great to have you on, my man. Thanks, man. Uh, very cool. And over the course of the years, you've been awesome. And 
it's been uh, it's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I, yeah, I I'm so. telling you, I still watch you to see what's next. There's always going to be something next. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I got uh, the show now with uh, Dave Landau, who's a, a funny comic. Yeah, funny uh, young guy, uh, really cool, um, and he works out great as a as a co-host. So Good. yeah, we're still uh, still chugging away. Well, that's great. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.